Welcome to today's podcast. This is Liam O'Brien. Today I want to talk to you about managing our souls well and encourage you around our souls. This is something I heard a teaching on probably about seven years ago and it has powerfully impacted my life and it has been something that I have shared with many friends and people that have uh, come across uh, the concepts of this teaching and also uh, the actual original teaching that uh, I heard it. So I'll aim to give you a bit of a summary about how do we manage our souls well and the importance of managing our souls well in the being triune beings. So to start off with, to just lay the foundation of this uh, quite well, and and hopefully it can produce a similar fruit in your life once you have an awareness of this is firstly starting that we are three-part beings that we have a body we have a soul and we have a spirit and the lord loves all of those three parts it's not a it's not that one is uh, more prominent or there is a greater love for one part of the other it, it makes up the whole of us and the lord loves us as a whole and when you look at uh, Christian, Christianity or Christian circles, quite often we have been taught uh, about growing our spirit, nourishing our spirit, spiritual disciplines such as prayer and fasting and worship and reading the word and meditating. And, and these things are, are excellent and they're actually in need of the spirit to have, this, have a fully alive, nourished spirit. Then similarly, if we look at the body, particularly uh, even outside the churches, there has been an increased awareness and increased uh, amounts of research and uh, studies and, and things that we've been able to learn about how to nourish our bodies well, how to understand you know, sleep patterns and how to, um, you know, all sorts of things physically from, you know, from, from diet to nutrition to exercise to, as I said, sleep um, and you know, longevity. There's increasingly uh, extensive studies and, and resources which we can draw upon regarding that. When it comes to the soul, and, I, and I'm particularly looking at it from a scriptural and a biblical perspective and how historically it's been talked about, it has been often sort of treated as a second-class citizen and somewhat confused with or labelled with everything to do with the soul as the flesh. And scripture certainly talks about fleshly deeds and the flesh and those things. But also the soul, there, there's also another part of our flesh which is often interchangeably used, the word soul, which is a part that magnifies and glorifies the, the Lord. And, and David talks about that many times in the Psalms about his soul worshipping and praising the Lord, how he'd strengthen himself, he'd strengthen his soul. And if we jump to a scripture that I think uh, captures this quite uh, well is uh, 3 John 2 where it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, be in health just as your soul prospers. And there's an encouragement there to ensure that your soul is prospering. And prosper prospering can around our lives can take many different forms, and it's just not a monetary or a resource basis, but prospering in our relationships, in our friendships, in our family, in 
many different areas. And here we have reading in scripture where it specifically states as your soul prospers and the importance of, and I think there's a, there's a good key to capture in that or a focal point about ensuring that uh, we, we are creating spaces and we do know how to ensure that our soul prospers. Just to jump back on the flesh, and I just want to talk on that a little bit from uh, just just to dis- give the distinction between a prosperous soul and the f- deeds of the flesh, which are not in line with uh, scripture. And I think Galatians 5, 19 through 21 outlines the deeds of the flesh. And it says there, now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissension, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. So I think that's a fairly clear uh, grouping of fleshly deeds which are not of the they're not they don't represent holiness they don't represent what christ had taught us it doesn't represent the kingdom which we're a part of so i think that's a good one to be able to define the flesh of fleshly deeds of our old nature and the flesh which can often be referred to as the soul which is part of our being and being able to clearly make that distinction of what is the driving force or what is the thing that's underlying? Is it rooted in these examples of these um, deeds of the flesh or is it rooted in you know, nourishing or having a prospering soul? And what I mean by this is our soul has needs and no one would argue that our body doesn't have needs. You know, we can, uh, our body needs food. Now, we can go for periods through fasting and things, but ultimately, at the end of the day, our body needs nutrition, you know, food and water to be able to nourish it and um, hydrate it. If we look at uh, oxygen, you know, we need oxygen. It's not, uh, it's not an option. It's not like it's something that, uh, you know, we, we can sort of choose or it's, it's a need of the body. And I think when we take that across to our souls being able to have an understanding of what the needs of our souls are and they varying in different ways in the same way the needs of our bodies vary in different ways of exercise and diet and uh, food and things like that our souls do have needs such as the need for attention the need for affection the need for adoration and they're not needs uh, they're not i'm not saying those as bad needs which can quite easily and quite often be labeled as needs that we just um we should be crucifying or we should be laying down i'm talking about needs that are genuine in the same way we need oxygen and there is uh, unhealthy needs when these start to come to extremes when they become unhealthy but ultimately if we don't know how to get our souls, the needs of our souls met in a healthy way, we will find an unhealthy way to get them met. And if you listen to 
anyone who around drowning or things like that, quite often people will drown because their body automatically opens the mouth and goes and tries to get air even though they're underwater and then they take in a lung full of water. Or you hear lifeguards are often trained, they have to be very careful with when, when rescuing people that they don't get drowned themselves because people are so desperate to be able to get air because it's a need of their body that they can start to get it in an unhealthy way without having any awareness of what they're doing to another person. And so this, this, what this, what I'm saying or trying to convey in this is a couple of things is firstly, recognizing that we do have soul needs. And secondly, learning or developing a plan about how to meet those needs or how to nourish our souls well and not living in denial that my soul doesn't have needs and I don't you know I can go without attention for extended periods of time and there's been research done where prisoners in isolation and the actual impact and psychological mental impact it has when someone has no attention they have no affection uh, in their in their worlds in their what that's actually affects that's had on their uh, body, bodies and psychologically as well. So what I want to encourage everyone is to take the time to learn to understand, yeah, I, ne I need attention and not in a health, unhealthy, needy way, but like that nourishes my soul if that's what it is for you. For me, one thing that I did learn was for me to be able to get out into open space or get out into the mountains, uh, be it a walk, a hike, a bike, uh, a set of skis or something like that really nourishes my soul in a really fulfilling way. And it can be different for each each person. Um, and I think that's the, the key of taking the time with the Lord and being able to really explore that area of your life, explore that area of your soul and not treat it as a flesh of something you have to crucify. In the same way, you wouldn't treat that same, you know, with your body and needing oxygen. You don't say, look, you know, this this is something I need to overcome. That is, we, we realize that that's a need of our body and we have to take steps to be able to nourish that. And I think Psalm 23.3 where David's talking there and it says, He restores my soul. And it's an interesting one to ponder that he's restoring my soul. And he's not talking about his spirit. He's not talking about his body there. It's, it's a nourishing. It's a res restoration of our soul. And again, I encourage everyone to learn you know, what nourishes your soul. I'll just give you uh, sort of seven enemies of the soul which can on the opposite side, deplete our soul or take the resources or the energy out of our soul or um, and how we have to be careful about the managing it because our souls have finite resources. Our, our spirits don't need sleep. They don't need – our spirit uh, can doesn't need – doesn't have the same sort of level of needs as the soul and body. And knowing what sort of the – enemies could be of our soul and also 
developing healthy habits to be able to strengthen those is a key. So I'm just going to read through seven um, enemies of the soul, which came from the original teaching that I heard, but I've found really useful. And number one is uh, creating expectations that you can't fulfill. So this is saying to some people, yeah, I can do this or I can't, can't do, I can do this or I'll read that or listen that without actually taking the time to go, do I have the time, the resources, the emotion, the soul part of me? And it's, by creating expectations in others that you can't fulfill, it actually really breaks down your own soul because it starts to lead to disappointment and how do you actually manage the expectations in, in others that you've committed to, that you've you've said your word to. Number two, an enemy of the soul, would be imagining the worst in challenging situations, which we can all go there and start playing movies of how this may turn out you know in a faced with a challenging situation for the negative number three is living in regret from our past mistakes and sins and uh, and i'll talk about the healthy habits uh, which line up with these number four refusing to forgive others or yourself number five not setting boundaries with disrespectful people number six trying to live up to the expectations of other people and number seven, taking yourself too seriously. And if you look at the uh, seven healthy habits which coincide or line up with the enemies of the soul, number one is developing a healthy rhythm for your life and not over-promising and underperforming and keeping some of your soul or your resources bank account, keeping that uh, in a credit. So knowing that... If I've got something which uh, it could be a circumstance or a situation that's come into your world that is going to require a fair bit of emotional energy or soul energy, what else can you take clear from your life to be able to uh, make space for that thing so you're not running at a deficit in your soul's bank account? Number two, in challenging situations, asking the Lord what he's saying about that particular situation and then playing a movie in your mind of what it looks like for God to intervene in that situation. So the in, rather than the inverse of playing negative, really just seeking the Lord and saying, what, what's your heart on this situation? And then playing that movie. Number three is past failures do become present wisdom when we process them through the cross. And like experiences uh, set us up to make better decisions or bad experiences in the past set us up to make better decisions in the in the future so taking the time and realizing that by processing whatever we've gone through through the cross enables us to grow and in essence make better decisions in the future apply wisdom for that for those decisions number four make it your goal to have no offense against anyone Go to them, as it says in the scripture, go to your brother and work it out and forgive them regardless if they deserve it or even if they're not wanting to talk about it or they don't see that they've committed any offense against you. Be prepared to forgive them and just let that go and, and not um, regardless if they deserve it or not. Number five, set healthy boundaries. Be loving to those that don't love you but use wisdom so we can have people around us that uh, do require um, extra attention or things like that but how do we 
you know, set healthy boundaries and, and use wisdom in that. Number six, focus on pleasing the Lord and not people. When we put the Lord first, then we will have more resources in ourselves to be able to give to people and live by the expectations of God and not people. And number seven, laugh a lot, especially when you do something dumb, when we make mistakes or we see or find a flaw in ourselves. It's really not that big a deal. Life isn't really not that big a deal when it comes to when we think about it from the grand or the big scheme of things. So I just want to encourage you with those uh, thoughts to consider and maybe something you want to replay and just reconsider some of those enemies of your souls and habits of healthy people. But I just, I found it enriching for myself to be out, have a heightened awareness of the needs of my soul, how to nourish my soul. And I really encourage you and I've, um, anyone listening and I've seen it with friends and I've seen it with family and who I've shared this idea, this concept with has really brought fruit in their lives because once you have the greater awareness of it, you can start creating plans and managing your soul well. So I just bless you with that and may your soul prosper.